Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number 20. The book of Revelation and chapter number 20. We are finishing up our series of the Millennial Kingdom. We're going to be finishing up on Sunday morning and Sunday night. But this is going to be the last message that we're actually talking about the specific millennial kingdom. We've reached the end of the thousand year period where Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign forever. And we find ourselves in the last book of the Bible, the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ reveals himself through the end of the world. And in the book of Revelation chapter 20, notice with me if you wouldn't mind starting at verse number 1. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 1, the word of God says this. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid a hold on this dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part on the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven, and devoured them." And the devil that deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where are where the excuse me beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Revelation chapter 20? The book of Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 7, notice the phrase, Satan shall be loosed. Satan shall be loosed. And with the Lord's help, we want to explain this event that occurs at the end of the millennial kingdom. That Satan shall be loosed. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. 
And thank you that you have given us your scriptures to reveal to us the things that are going to occur in our future at the end of time. That you've walked through and explained to us what this millennial kingdom will be like. And now as we reach the end of it, we see the results of the millennial kingdom and the things that occur within it. That you would help us also to apply it to here today. That it just wouldn't be information about the future, but it would change how we live our lives even today. I realize that I can't do that. I can't convince anybody. I can't twist their arm. I can't, I don't have the words to say. It has to be your Holy Spirit that does work. It has to be your Holy Spirit that works on people's hearts and draws them unto you. I'm asking that you would give people ears to hear and eyes to see. I'm asking that you would do something and make it so clear that people would say, how come I didn't see this earlier? And it would be a help to them here and now. Again, do your own work through your precious word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Satan shall be loosed. And he's going to be released from his prison. Now, if we're going to explain that Satan's going to be released from his prison, there are some things that we have to start on just to kind of get a running start of where we're at. And the first thing I'd like to show you and in fact remind you of is the perfect kingdom. The perfect kingdom. We've already explained and went through pretty much a whole series, 30-something messages all together, explaining the thousand-year reign of Christ, that Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And in fact, this kingdom is going to be a perfect place. Notice again in verse number 1 where it starts off. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid a hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. We start off by explaining that this kingdom is a perfect kingdom. It starts off that this is a kingdom that doesn't have Satan in it. It's bound, Satan is bound away. He is put aside. You can't have the excuse, Satan made me do it, because Satan has no influence. He's going to be chained. He's going to be bound. He's going to be set aside. That great liar, the murderer at the beginning, this great deceiver is going to be set aside. Can you imagine what a place would be where we don't have Satan run around causing havoc? A place where Satan is not deceiving people. A place where Satan is not trying to overthrow God. Truly this is a thousand years of peace. We explained already that this kingdom, it has a ruler. And this ruler is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who was the one who was God, who robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us, who lived the same life that you and I lived, went through the same temptations, the same troubles, the same heartbreaks. And then he died to pay the price that you and I owed him. But that wasn't the end of Jesus. That on the third day, Jesus Christ arose again, spent 40 days with his disciples, and then he ascended to heaven. And that same Jesus that ascended is coming back. And he is going to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And this Jesus is going to be the perfect king. Could you imagine having a ruler 
that does no wrong. A ruler that has all the information needed to make a decision. A ruler that doesn't do things because uh, he has an impulse. He doesn't do things because uh, he doesn't like someone. He's going to be a perfect king. A perfect king. And not only are we going to have a perfect king, we're going to have a perfect government. Could you imagine what a perfect government would be like? That's a stretch of most of our imagination because we, we live in a world where our government's corrupt all over the place. It's almost, you could put the phrase on government, there is none righteous. No, not one. <laughs> no, not one. They're all corrupt. They're all filthy. They all are selfish. They're all doing decisions for themselves. But in the millennial kingdom, it's going to have a perfect government where everyone who rules is going to have a redeemed body and they'll be unable to sin. That means you can't bribe a judge in the millennial kingdom. A judge will always rule righteously. Laws that passed will be fair and just. And judgment will be swift. There will be no long appeals. In fact, courts will be very brief because the judges will have perfect knowledge and they'll know exactly what happened. You don't have to worry about the investigation part of it because people already know what's going on. So you have a perfect government. In addition to that, you're going to have a perfect place. In the sight of this perfect kingdom, you have a perfect king. You have no Satan running around. You have a perfect government. But you have a perfect place. It's a place where fruit is going to go abra uh, grow all over the place. It's going to be a place where people will no longer hunger. Nobody will go to bed hungry. Nobody will wonder where I'm going to get the next meal from. Nobody will look at their pocketbook and say, do I have enough money to go to, uh, to the store anymore? No more Roman noodles. It's going to be a place where you don't have to worry about starving. You don't have to worry about where we're going to get food. It's going to be a perfect place. It's going to be a place where you... You will have sicknesses that are healed overnight. Is that a wonderful place? It's a place where there's not going to be any darkness. Not like it is right now at this time. But you'll have no reason to fear the darkness. It's going to be a place where people get along. It's going to be a place with no crime. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful place? It is a perfect government. A perfect king. A perfect uh, society. Now there's going to be lost people that live there. But again, it's going to be a type of society where you don't have to worry about locking your doors. You don't have to worry about people stealing your stuff. You don't have to worry about murder. You don't have to worry about bank robbery. You don't have to worry about people going hungry. You don't have to worry about people being homeless. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful kingdom? Now, we've described some of this before, but we're just saying this is a place that's perfect. It is wonderful. It's going to be a place of rejoicing. It's going to be a place that you want to go. And by the way, you can go if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It is a perfect kingdom. It is going to be a place with this perfect kingdom that the Garden of Eden conditions are going to be reestablished. And it's going to be a wonderful place. But at the end of the thousand years... <coughs> The thousand years will come and go and another event will happen. And the Bible describes it here. That not only do we have the perfect kingdom, 
But we also see the prisoner released. The prisoner released. Now at the end of 1,000 years, Satan is going to be released from his prison. And he's going to be allowed back on the earth. And oddly enough, notice what else he's going to be allowed to do. Notice with me in verse number 7. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now, notice what happens here. Now, <coughs> Satan is going to be released. And his goal has always been the same. He wants to be God. But the job is not available. At the end of 1,000 years of being locked up, the very first thing he's going to do is he's going to raise up an army. Now, where does this army come from? Well, remember, inside of the Millennial Kingdom, you're going to have a couple groups of people. You're going to have those people who lived during this time before the rapture who have been saved. They've accepted Jesus as their Savior. And they're going to have a brand new, perfect, redeemed body. This body will not be able to reproduce and have children. However, there are some people who are going to live through the tribulation and go into the millennial kingdom with their natural bodies. And these people will be able to have children. And they're going to be Millions and millions of people born in the millennial kingdom. After all, how, long, how many kids can you have if you live for a thousand years and did not grow old and there was a lot of people not dying but a lot of people being born? How many kids could you have? How many kids are going to be going throughout the, the millennial kingdom? That is going to be a big population jump and it's going to be increasing, increasing, increasing. And even though the government's going to be perfect, and even though Satan is not going to be there, these people are still going to be sinners. And these people are still going to need to be saved just like you and I have. What does that mean? Well, that means that they realize that they are sinners. They've broken God's law. And because of that, they deserve hell. Do you know that God never created hell to punish man? He created hell to punish Satan and his demons. Satan is not the ruler of hell. He is going to be the prisoner of hell. But man goes there by default. Because there's nowhere else to go. And man needs a savior. And that savior is Jesus Christ. And in the millennial kingdom. There are going to be people. Who are going to need to be saved. Unfortunately there's also going to be. Many many people. Who do not get saved. Even in the millennial kingdom. This is the people that Satan is going to deceive. What they're going to do is that Satan is going to work on the rebellion. And he's going to go up to these people and say, hey, do you really want Jesus to rule over you? Now, could you imagine they have the perfect king, but the people do not want this perfect king to rule over them. And so they said, yeah, we'll join you, Satan. We'll follow you. If this means getting rid of this Jesus guy, we will be glad to join you. You understand there's people that hate Jesus? I've seen people in protest signs that said, if Jesus came back, we'll crucify him again. There's people that hate Jesus. And in the millennial kingdom, there are going to be people that hate Jesus. And they're going to join with Satan. And they're going to try to overthrow King Jesus. Notice what happens in verse number, nine, or verse number 8. 
And shall go out to deceive the nations that are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. That means there's going to be a lot of people who are not saved who are going to follow after Satan and try to overthrow King Jesus. Verse 9, And they went up to the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints, saints about, and the beloved city. So this army is going to surround Jerusalem, and they're going to try to destroy Jerusalem, because Jerusalem's the capital. It's where King Jesus is going to dwell at. And the fire came down from heaven out of God, and or out, uh, from God out of heaven, and devoured them. God's going to win that battle. But we see here is that all of these, these people are going to follow after Satan. Satan is going to be loose during this time. Now that brings us to the third thing. We've kind of hit the facts of it. We hit the idea that the, of the perfect kingdom. We saw that the prisoner is released. But now let's hit the idea of motives here. The third thing I want to show you is the purpose of this time. The purpose of this time. After all, God has Satan locked away. Why in the world would he let him loose? Why would he free Satan? Why would he do such a thing? Well, there's a specific reason why. And that is to show how corrupt mankind truly is. Do you understand that every test that man has ever been put in he has failed. Man has been put in every possible solution. He has been put in every possible way and he has failed. Follow with me through time. At the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he created male and female. And he created man to live in the Garden of Eden. And he gave them one rule. How would you like, in all of your life, you only had one rule to follow? Do you think you can manage that? Just one rule? That one rule was, thou shalt not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can have all of these other trees here. You can eat all the fruit there. Just don't touch this one. It's mine. By the way, there was nothing wrong with that tree. It wasn't poisonous. It was good for food. The only thing that made it wrong is that God said it was wrong. And you know what happened? Adam and Eve broke that one rule. So they moved to the next challenge. Now you need to live based off of, of <coughs> excuse me, the idea of grace. Or not grace, of, um, of conscience. That you need to do what's right. So <clears throat> you're just supposed to do what's right and man failed. They became murderers. They did, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And finally God says, we need to do a restart. Forgive this. And so what happened is they, they saved uh, mankind through Noah and his three sons on the ark. They restarted. Now they started the idea of government. That if you murder someone, guess what? There's going to be consequences for it. And now they have government there to punish evildoers. All right, let's see if you could obey knowing that there's consequences for your crimes. And guess what? Man failed again. So they put him another thing. All right, now because you can't survive on your own, you can't survive without rules, let's give you a bunch of rules and let's see if that keeps you in line. And so God gave them 613 rules and says, you obey these rules and you'll be fine. And guess what? Man failed. He broke all those rules. 
He failed. Brings us up to this time. The time of grace. In this time, God says, all right, fine. You don't have to follow the rules. The only thing you have to do is get saved. Praise the Lord for that. You can accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he can forgive you of your sins. And after that, you just depend on him and follow after him. And you'll do what's right. We call it the age of grace. Praise the Lord, you don't have to follow the rules. But guess what? We still fail. Do you know that Christians still fail? You can accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but it doesn't make you sinless. You still have to make a conscious effort to follow God, and we fail. And we fail. So God said, all right, let's put him in this final test. Let's put man in a place where he no longer has to worry about finances. Let's put him in a place where you no longer have to worry about government. It's a perfect government. Let's just put man in a perfect place with a perfect government. And everyone is doing what's right. Uh, crime is punished right away. There's no crime. There's no poverty. It is a perfect place. Perfect atmosphere. You're not too hot. You're not too cold. You're not scared of the dark. Let's put man here and see if he does all right. And Satan is released to prove that man is a failure. You said, why does Satan have to be released? Because there's a problem here. That here in, the, in this perfect government, evildoers are punished immediately. Immediately, swiftly, and quickly. And so if you murdered someone, and guess what? And a couple minutes later, it's taken care of. You're dealt with. So guess what? People don't murder anybody. If you try to go rob a bank, it is taken care of immediately, swiftly, and harshly, and so people don't rob banks. But it doesn't do anything about their heart. You understand that people can become compliant without being submissive. Remember, submissive is our heart's attitude towards authority. For example, a child could be told, go clean your room. Fine, be that way. And they go do the action, but is their heart submissive? Their heart is not. And because their heart is not submissive to authority, they are not right. So what you do is you have an environment where everyone does what is right in action. Everyone does what they're supposed to do in action, but we have to test about their heart. Is their heart right? And so in order to see if their heart is right, you give them an excuse to do wrong. Basically, you remove that authority and see how they respond. You know, we do the same test we see it today. We can have a child that seems to be compliant at home. They do everything they're supposed to. They go to bed when they're supposed to. They don't run around. They don't sneak out of the house. They do everything they're supposed to because they're supposed to. But when you remove authority out of their life, they go crazy. As soon as they turn 18, they go crazy. They go do whatever they want. They don't do what they're supposed to anymore. That is proof that they were never submissive. They were only compliant because they had to. They knew they couldn't get away with it, and so they were compliant. But their heart was wrong. 
In the millennial kingdom, people are doing what they're supposed to do because they have to. Satan being released allows people to choose. Am I going to follow King Jesus or am I going to go follow this other guy who's been locked in prison for a thousand years? You understand there's going to be a lot of people in the millennial kingdom who's never understood Satan. There's something Satan's talked about, but they've never understood his influence. They've never understood his prompting, his tempting. Because that's not going to be there in the millennial kingdom. So when Satan comes out, he's going to deceive a lot of people. Because they just don't want King Jesus ruling over them. They don't want a perfect king. Why is that? Because they have a submissive problem. They have a heart problem. So what do we learn from this? What we learn is that man cannot change on his own. Man cannot change on his own. You know, all the time people say, guess what? I'm going to turn over a new leaf. It's not going to work. I'm going to try harder. It's not going to work. I know I'm going to do this and this will make me better. It's not going to work. I know if I get a better job, it will change my whole life. It's not going to work. I'm going to move to a different place and everything will be perfect if I start over. It's not going to work. You understand? It's not going to work because man cannot change. He cannot fix himself because you are a low down, awful, rotten sinner and so am I. Amen. The only hope that we have is to put our eyes on Jesus and allow him to change us. Amen. That is the only hope we have. That's what the millennial kingdom teaches us is that you may be conformed to do what is right on the outside but your heart is still ugly and nasty and unsubmissive and rebellion. And given the chance, you will rebel. Because we're awful low-down sinners. Our eyes have to be on Jesus all the time. He's the one that changes us. So if you're in a situation in your life that you don't like, running away or turning over a new leaf is not the answer. Your answer is to get your eyes on Jesus and to follow after Him. Allow Him to change you. Allow him to work. So many people try to turn over a new leaf and they get frustrated because it doesn't work and they fail. I get a new job if that will happen. And then they get frustrated because things don't change in their life. If I could have a better economic status, it's not going to work. More money is not going to change your problem. A better house is not going to change your problem. A new location is not going to change your problem. A new boyfriend, a new girlfriend is not going to change your problem. The problem is that you're a low-down, awful, rotten sinner. And left to your own devices, you are a little rebel. Your only help, your only solution is to get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And to follow after Him. That is the whole purpose of the millennial kingdom. Uh, or of letting Satan loose of the millennial kingdom. It's to prove that inside of the millennial kingdom, even though it is perfect, there is nothing more that you could want. Nothing more that you could ask for. People are still low down, rotten, awful sinners. And in big bold letters, you could write in this passage here, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And so let me tell you as a pastor what my advice to you in your situation is. To get your eyes on the Lord 
and to follow after him. That is your only hope. You cannot do it any other way. You cannot fix it any other way. Is that God has to change you. You cannot change yourself and it stick and it fix. And you're just going to grow frustrated and fail. But God wants more for you. He could do a wonderful change in your life just to keep following after him. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.